Hello, Guardians fans, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, formerly of Indians Prospect Insider, and just about every Cleveland sports blog imaginable. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Whatever service you use, you can always get Lockdown Guardians. Currently in the offseason, so three times a week. Normally I would say daily at this point, but let's be honest, we're currently in the offseason and hoping that it won't be an extended one. Uh, it, I mean, the amount of uh, nothing occurring between the owners and the players uh, is not ideal right now. I understand it is. That's the ownership's um, approach. They're gonna just be like, okay, we can hold back and wait. Uh, we'll see how this goes. It's interesting. They're playing hardball, if one will. We're gonna continue talking draft on the show today. Uh, I I talked too much yesterday, so I actually have a clip I'm gonna throw in here. That was about five minutes. That's going to take us through continuing down through um, you know the my list of top prospects. But uh, rather than just sit back and you know have a super long podcast yesterday, I chopped and I put things on. Uh, so I'm going to throw that in. Uh, if you're noticing any change or any tone, that is why. Before I get to that, I want to give a thank you to MBS Wolf 2003 uh, Kyle. Thank you for the uh, iTunes review. It's great to get a review. It's great when it's a five-star review. That is the majority of our reviews. Uh, One-star reviews are close second, uh, or close third. Second is the four-star. Three-star, uh, Not that's that's the one that there aren't many of. Uh, if you're listening, remember, simple thing you can do. It's really helpful to the show just to go ahead and leave a review. We're at 96 ratings on iTunes, breaking 100, I assume. I mean, probably doesn't really mean anything in the long run, you know, but... Uh, more is better. 644 episodes, according to uh, according to the iTunes over here. So we are almost halfway to 700. That's crazy to think about because those are all all this guy right here. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to throw in this clip here, which is me discussing uh, the next few players on the list. I'm not going to spoil it, you know, by saying who we're going to talk about. But you do get to hear me change my mind on a player and uh, change my listing in the podcast. Uh, you know, you might think that's crazy, but you start to dig into numbers, you start realizing and thinking about things. You know, as I'm writing it up, you debate certain players and you start moving them down. Is it just inevitably, how do I do this? I look at two guys, I do my research, I watch my video, I talk to people, and then I sum that all up uh, using, you know, my knowledge base, my experience, and I just say, if I ran a team, who would I pick first? That's what it comes down to. Every single player is, who would I rather? Or uh, sometimes I'll think, which guy would I ra- would I be happier if my team selected? That also, I think, in some ways is even a better indicator. Because I might, you know, try to get clever or anything. But at the end of the day, it's just like, who would I be happier ended up with the Guardians on draft day? You could look at the whole list just being that. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of came in and I, I, I'm talking myself into what you'll hear in the upcoming bit, I'm talking myself into high f- uh, high floors. Now, I also talk about a prospect in this next bit who might be viewed as kind of that safe type, but I explain why sometimes safe is not safe. But again, you know, it's all in there. We'll come back uh, after this and do our first break and then keep talking draft prospects. Carter Young, shortstop from Vandy. So should we just put it out there? Vanderbilt's best offensive, best hitter ever is still, I believe, Pedro Alvarez in terms of war. Uh, Dansby Swanson might be closing in, 
but you know the Duran Duran Kendall's so many hitters have gone there and just not progressed as expected. JJ Blade, you know, we talked about this on the show um, when we talked about the Florida Marlins prospects. He had an awful year for whatever reason. It is not translated. Young is a strong defender who had you know hit for power last year. The question, you know, the the natural questions are going to come. A again, teams, you know, I I get pushback about this. You know, Aaron with my Virginia statements through the years, you know, I've had people be like, well, it's not fair. You're judging a small sample size where there's not enough data with this current coaching staff. I'm like, I'm just looking at the entire history of the program. And if, and I'm not alone in that. So if a guy isn't producing, you know, if a university isn't producing talent, especially when it's having a lot of high picks, I might've been the first person I saw talking about UVA, but then I saw other people mentioning it in write-ups. It gets out there. There are thoughts, there are worries that programs, and you know, eventually look at UVA. You know, it's like I remember when Mike Pappy got to Double A. I honestly, you know, back in the day before, uh, you know, I was as invested and in, deep in things. Like I thought I put Pappy and Conforto on a similar level. I maybe had five spots between them in my uh, guide, and then Pappy gets to Double A, and it's like he can't use his lower half. And you're like, okay, uh, they just had this guy completely. You know, they teach the hitters a very specific approach. That's why, like Chris Newell and a lot of players, like Zach Gadloff last year, I'm just. You have to almost reteach a guy once they go to Virginia, but that, that's a whole other story. But Vandy, people know it, it doesn't produce. For whatever reason, the players, the hitters, have not been able to translate. The other issue is he struck out 30% of the time last year, and that is frightening. Yeah, he had 16 home runs and 15 doubles. He hit for pop, but he struck out way too much. So he is a player where you know no one doubts him as a shortstop. If he can just have a big decrease in that strikeout percentage, if he could drop that under 20 per se, he'll, he'll fly up boards with the power potential and the defense. Now, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a plus power guy or anything like that, but you know, an above average, he's got enough to to hit 20 home runs, maybe 25 home runs in a year, but the, the strikeouts are a massive concern. We'll have to see how that goes, but he's another no doubt shortstop. We know shortstops always rise in the MLB draft. Next up on my list here is Jackson Ferris. We are going left-handed pitcher, IMG Academy, committed to Mississippi. Ferris is, you know, is he the consensus top lefty in this class? Amongst the high school guys, he might be. Uh, You know, there's a a lot of people who like him. Uh, He'll soon be 18. And, you know, very typical fastball curve, change-up type. You know, he has the side. He, He does everything well. Like, he's one of those players, like, you look at him, he looks like what you want your left-handed pitcher to look like. You know, he's got the right build, he's got a good feel, he does everything well. The delivery can get a little, it's not always the cleanest, it can have, but some, you know, and again, that's the eye of the beholder, right? Like, some people look at that and are like, oh, you know, is he gonna hold up? While others look at it and go, there's some funk to that, we like that, because it, it makes it, makes it sometimes harder to pick up. I have Ferris down here. Most people have him in the top 20. I am lower because I'm not as high on high school kids. I do worry a little bit about the command and the control with him. But just in terms of stuff, I mean, you can put him up there with anyone else in this class. It's a really good fastball. It's already like low mid-90s. He's, like I said, this was just, I was looking at ceiling here at this point in time and I was looking at the players after him. Young has a huge strikeout rate. Hubbard has... Um, better than I like I'm 60 40 60 start 40 reliever you know Jude Fabian had the down year Tanner we talked about the marginality 
I really should move Jordan Sprinkle up. Like, he should be 25 and everyone else should be one lower. I got to be honest. That's what I'm kind of feeling right now after I go through all of this. He's the one where it's the least amount. It's like his big issue, small school and size. Like, that's that's where I'm starting to doubt myself a little bit, uh, which is what happens. That's how this should work. This should not be a clean-cut thing. Time for that first commercial break. And that means it's time to talk about Built Bar, everyone's favorite breakfast bar. Uh, I've been going through my fudge grasshopper of late. Uh, gotta gotta make way for new brands. There's always something new and fun. The Crave is the current one that is back. It feels like every week, every two weeks, there is a new exciting taste over at BuiltBar.com. It is a fantastic tasting bar. I get so tired of food. I get tired of companies. I don't stick with things long. I have stuck with Built Bar. That should speak volumes in and of itself. If you really knew me, you knew, know how big of a compliment that is. Uh, right now, they have eight specific new arrivals you can go and check out for yourself. See if any of those are uh, flavors that would appeal to you. I do like the cheesecake ones. I will say they are a little higher in the sugars. They're also a little higher in the protein. The Crave is a really good one. The one I'm most tempted by right now is eggnog. Uh, if I were to place an order, I would certainly use the promo code LOCK15 because I'd want to save 15%. Plus, I'd use my build, Built Bucks. I've been saving those up, building those up with every order. It is a great tasting bar. It is high in protein. It is good for you. It is filling. It's the best protein bar I've ever tried, bar none. It's not even close. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. So in between the first section and this section, I was pulling stats, as as I do, because I'm addicted to stats. I was like, okay, I finally got to really dive into the Cape Cod stats. Like I was looking at them at various points through the Cape Cod season, uh, but honestly, it's one of those things where... So the Cape Cod, for those who don't know, it's, it's the premier uh, wood bat baseball league. I live in Wisconsin. I see the Northwoods. It is the second best um, wood bat baseball league. Yet, uh, you know, if you don't make it to the Cape, you go to the Northwoods. It's, it's solid. Lesser names. Cape is the big names. The problem with the Cape is it, it's small sample. Like, let's just put that in front seat. It's small sample size. But it is a place to really go and excel and put your name out there. And you're using wood bats. And for there are certain guys like Will Craig. Will Craig was a guy who just destroyed everything at Wake. Now we know that that stadium is, you know, very hitter conducive. Let's let's just put that out there and be honest. It is a very friendly place to hit. And there's been a lot of guys who hit really well at Wake who didn't turn into much. But, if, you know, um, gosh, like Stewart... Um, like it on his name was with the reds traded to the diamondbacks maybe like he was an interesting guy gavin sheets has gotten some opportunities it's not to say it's a wasteland they're mount more now known for their pitching but uh to go back to will craig you know he absolutely destroyed college baseballs and then just looked pitiful on the cape seth beer you know we haven't heard from him in a while he's supposed to be really fast moving another guy just pitiful on the cape and pitiful is not a nice word should you probably use something else but you get my point they were not good uh, it's it's a big red flag. Sometimes I look at the Cape more for its value of uh, digging players. You know, a way to kind of sift through, and it it becomes a you know a red check because anything in red to me is bad. So you put a red check, like okay, that is a concern. If you get too many of these checks, uh, then I need to really pay attention. But even one of them, you know, if if two players are close in value, then the guy with the red check is going to be lower. Uh, that's just the way of it. But I did want to comment going through the stats that, you know, you've just heard me talk about, oh, I need to move up Jordan Sprinkle. I know, you know, the reasons he is down are things that cause players to slide 
kind of foolishly. Now, I mean, I understand small school is a big deal. You want to see that high level competition. Uh, one of the things through the time that we have seen almost universally be true is whoever leads the Cape Cod in strikeouts uh, has a is a name to watch. Ends up, you know, it's often a lefty. Well, we should also put that out there. They they do definitely seem to have an advantage because you're facing, you know, small school guys. You're facing some of the top, you know, players in the country. Uh, Chase DeLauder was tied for the you know the Cape uh, home run championship, and you know he he might be a top five pick this year. Uh, so you know, there's Dalton Rushing I really like from Louisville. He was up there in terms of uh, you know home runs. So they're, they're still top talent, but you do have an advantage relative to all things. But you have to point out the the uh, the home run. The strikeout championship was a tie with uh, Trey Dombrowski, who also was the ERA champ, and uh, with Bryce Hubbard, or Hubart, who I talked about in the last part of the show. Not Hubbard, it's a T, so Hubart. Uh, he, uh, they tied. So it's another another reason to to you know be a fan of Hubart as it were it's like that that might be enough to move him up a little on my list too because again it's just another positive marker and you get enough of those you're like oh that's another reason historically this has been a really good indicator you know we've seen Eric Lauer Zach Lothar uh, Chris Bubeck are the names that come to mind uh, you know end up being first second round talents uh, it was kind of the first step in the process. So we'll see if that happens. As for uh, Dombrowski, he's a Monmouth U. He's a junior. He's big, six foot five, two twenty five. Uh, I haven't, I, I haven't gotten in my small school guys. You know, I'll be perfectly honest. But I mean, he did enough to make it be like you have to pay attention to him. He's someone I'm definitely going to keep my eye out on. But uh, I did want to comment on that before I keep going. Uh, and part of the reason I wanted to dig into the stats is because at twenty four, I have Zach Nito. Now, if you, he is definitely a guy some people really like, you know, view him as a first round and other people are going to have him as like a third, fourth, fifth round. Uh, he's a better athlete than I think he gets credit for. Uh, he played well in the Cape, which is part of the reason, hey, Cape, uh, he's got a strong arm. He can definitely stick a shortstop. He's a good runner. He does a lot of things well. Uh, small school though Campbell Cedric Mullins is the last guy from there uh, I believe I'm trying to think who else were like relatively big names from Campbell University the past few years and they they, they don't roll off the tongue uh, in terms of like top performance uh, last year at Campbell is a redshirt freshman he did hit over 400 with a 461 on base and a 757 slugging struck out under 15% of the time walked over 7% in a bat pip of 435 a lot of really good indicators, because again, if he's at a, uh, I should say, you know, 17 doubles, 12 home runs, he filled every batter's box. If you're facing lower level competition like that in general, you need to see a really high bat pip. That's showing really good contact, ability to use the whole field. Uh, he, he's doing everything right now. Again, how can you get be? How much can you get behind someone from Campbell? That is my my question. Like, how much do you trust? Uh, that level. I mean, it's a program that has 11 major leaguers. Uh, Ryan Thompson and Cedric Mullins are the only active ones. Gaylord Perry, uh, you know, maybe the biggest name uh, in terms of only 39 players drafted. Again, that's in the history of the program. I thought, I was like, the last guy I could really think of from this program, like, I wanted to say Seth Johnson, 
But then I was like, oh, was he there? No, I was right. It was Seth Johnson, the uh, the guy who went to the Rays. I was really high on him his draft year. Uh, Matthew Barefoot was a you know had a good cape, kind of elevated his name um, a few years back uh, as well. But yeah, it's you know it's a program. I mean, 2019 they put what one, two, three, four players in the draft. It's an improving program, but it is a small school. So Benito does everything. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, average to above average to maybe plus skills across the board. My one concern is I hate moving parts in a swing, and he's got a leg kick. Um, there's a lot going on there. I don't know if you could clean it up. I also don't like working with uh, changing mechanics in general when it comes to a player. But, you know, I hate kind of moving parts in a swing. I just, it's, it's it ends up, you know, it's easier to get those things out of whack. It's also like guys build things up and it can slow them up a bit. He's got, you know, he's quick to the ball. So it's not affecting him. It may not be a big deal at all. But uh, why is he here even though, hey, he showed in the Cape he belongs with the big boys. He can definitely handle the position. He really filled up the the stat box at the low school. Well, you know, A, it is small school guy. That That's going to keep you back. And B, uh, the leg kick. I hate moving parts. <laughs> I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm uh, moving partsist, but uh, tell me whatever term that is. You know, I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Indians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, wherever you get it. Let me know. Hit me up on my Twitter, at MLB at Jeff MLB Drafts. Whoa, forgetting my Twitter handle there. Uh, agree, disagree. Do you think moving parts in a swing are bad? We're going to take a break. I know I only talked about one player and then talked about the cape, but we're going to take a break, come back, keep moving up this draft list. Uh, Nito, you know, I talked about Sprinkle and Hubart. Two guys I'm moving up my list, by the way, already. You know, as I, I really spent some time thinking and discussing this because you just kind of write it all down, but. Uh, sometimes speaking it out loud kind of uh, makes things change in your mind to a degree as well. But uh, those are the most Indians guys so far on the board, so maybe they're uh, getting into my head as well. But Indians, I should say Guardians guys now, my collection. But again, thank you for listening to Locked on Guardians. We're going to take that break, come back, keep talking draft. Man, our good friends over at Bet Online. that is where the action's happening. Uh, if you want to do some sports wagering, it's it's the thing. Let's be honest. Sports wagering and esports are the future. I mean, this is where everything is clicking in now, and it's not just sports wagering. I mean, I go. I just clicked over. Multi hand blackjack, tri card poker, American roulette. They have the highest credit card acceptance industry wide, safe and secure online environment, forty eight hour payouts, fastest in the industry, uh, trusted and safe experience at the bottom. You can see all these uh, places where they've been verified. And they've been supporting us for a year. This is not a fly-by-night company. This is a honest-to-goodness place where you can go and do a risk-free props wager. You can do a $100,000 NFL playoff pick em. Join it right now. That's one of their big ones. There's always promos, always things going. And remember, when you go to betonline.ag, you want to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't want free money? Check out BetOnline today. Remember, that promo code is Locked On. So, there's my so's. You know, we're back. I, I understand. I fast-forward as well. Hunter Barco. Hunter Barco feels like written in the stars to be the Guardians' first-round pick. Uh, he was a player, I feel like, in my first way-too-early mock in his high school year, I had him, like, ninth or 10th. Like, he was the lefty in his class. Uh, it didn't come together for him. And he's been good at Florida. He hasn't been necessarily great. 
but he does have those walk threshold, strikeout thresholds. We know the Indians think that the Florida program is doing something a little off because they targeted that program, added three pitchers, one who had been there for a year, and two who were considered disappointments based on, I mean, Leftwich and Mace were both, they both could have gotten more money out of high school. They went to three years of college. They're sure they got great experiences, but it cost them money. Going to college costs them money because if they'd just been drafted, they'd already be in the system. And I guarantee you Leftwich for sure would have gotten more. He was a potential second or third round pick. Mace was, I know he was taken in like the 11th round, but that's because of like signability concerns by the Reds. And I thought the Reds were going to get the money together to sign him, honestly. So uh, he does feel, now the knock on Barco is fastball shape. Like there's some thought that the fastball might be a little too straight, doesn't move enough. Uh, he's not necessarily a spin rate darling, but he is an he is an Indians type. You know, he is the the lefty who has a long track record. He misses bats in college. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He is a safe arm, uh, but you know, is he more safe like Logan Allen, the elder? Where I, I mean, you can go back and listen to the podcast. I'm like, he is a no doubt fifth starter. Because everywhere I saw thought that. And we all thought, hey, worst case is a reliever with that change. Uh, and then we're all wrong. Thin margins. I'm just going to keep saying that. That's going to become my catchphrase. I'm going to start selling you know, t-shirt the Lockdown Guardians. Thin margins. Uh, big host, but thin margins. The, the, the reason you don't get upset with thin margins is because if the, Indi- the Indians, if the Guardians were to draft Barco, that means they like him. And he's exactly the type of pitcher they excel with. So I'd be fine with that. I think he is a relatively high floor guy. I do think as a, you know, if he was a player who I had higher. Like on my, as I'm writing this list together, you know, you, you put your names in. I like to make, how I make it is I make the list and then I, I sit there and I dig through numbers first and I watch a video and then I talk to people and then I just start shifting as I do each step. Barco dropped. Just the truth of the matter. Some people view him as the top uh, college pitcher in this class. Uh, you know, I, I have some players I like more. I, I don't think he's bad. If the Indian, if the Indians, oh man, I'm just not not doing it tonight. If the Guardians were to draft him, I'd be fine because uh, when it comes to college pitching, uh, the, his type of arm they excel at. So if they liked him, they would. You're like, okay, you just trust that implicitly and move on at this point in time. Uh, it would be high for my views, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he seems like more of a safe back-end type, but there was also points in time where we thought he'd add more velocity. Florida really, no one's adding velocity at Florida, just be honest. 22nd, Cam Collier, son of Lou Collier. Uh, you might be familiar with him. He uh, played for, what, five different organizations, had played 800 games in the big leagues. Cam is the opposite of, of Hunter Barco. He is the guy who reclassified, who's going to be one of the youngest players in this class. And I know the the thought is, oh, the Indians love to draft the youngest players in this class. And part of the reason that is such a common theme out there is I pushed that one for a long time. You know, Frankie Francisco Lindor and others uh, for a while there, they were. You know, Jonathan Rodriguez, the outfielder. The problem was um, it wasn't successful for them. Quinton Holmes, another extremely... They aren't doing that as much anymore. They are not going out of their way. Now, that's not to say they're going the other way, but it's not. It's definitely not the driving force. They're not being quite, you know, the, the general thought is the Guardians, uh, you know, they're going to just look for someone who's young for their class. <sighs> Where did that show up last year? Where did it show up the year before that? 
It didn't, right? I mean, they have done some changes. Where did it, I mean, where did it show up the year before that? Uh, it's been a few years since they were really um, entirely age-focused. Now, I do think players who are advanced age for their level, they wouldn't consider. I still think that is kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, for Cam, let's see, he, he'll turn 18 uh, next November, end of November. Again, very young, lots of upside, really good athlete. Um, you know, he, he does everything well. Uh, seems like you got a chance to be an above average to plus hitter. You don't reclassify unless you want to get taken. Let's just be honest about that. Collier is not going to Louisville. I think that's where he's committed. Uh, it's the it's the ceiling here. And, I mean, I still follow age models, you know, age-relative models. They don't uh, – man, take that out of context. I could be in trouble. But Collier does a lot of things just with that athletic profile. And he's, you know, he's got a lot of those traits we see in the sons of, of big leaguers. We see guys who can sometimes have a little bit better approach at the plate. They got the extra coaching. Uh, they have that experience of being around a game. If you go look at Cam Collier too, I, you know, over at Perfect Game, I love guys who impact momentum, 99th percentile, max barrel speed, 98.93 percentile, max acceleration, this is all as a hitter, 98.5, exit velocity, 99.57th percentile. Uh, you know, it's just, it's all high stuff. Now, he's not the quickest guy. His 60-yard split was 69th percentile. But still, the guy hits, he hits with authority, and uh, he could be a, like I said, a plus regular sooner rather than later. Man, I'm going slow. I want to apologize. Am I giving too much data? Not enough? Uh, let me know. Let's talk about another high school player with high ceiling. Jason Jones, shortstop uh, from Texas. Another guy, you go and you look at, let's talk about his uh, baseball reference. Max barrel speed, 99.79 percentile. Impact momentum, 99.85 percentile. Max acceleration, 98.82 percentile. Exit velocity, 99.95 with a top result of 105 miles an hour. Uh, go look at his picture. He is a strong guy already. He is a shortstop, probably going to move to third base. Really big, really powerful, just going to get stronger, going to get bigger. He's currently a plus runner, but there's some thought that's going to go away. Uh, his worst percentile is his pop time as a catcher, so probably not going to be there. 2.17. But after that, his worst percentile is, uh, you know, his arm at like 93 miles an hour or his, fat, I'm sorry, no, it'd be his 60-yard uh, split where he's the 95.24 percentile. So, yeah, he just, he does everything well. He is the quintessential high ceiling. Like, I like Collier a lot, but why is Jones slightly higher? More power, and we've talked about it. Uh, power is something that is very hard to acquire unless you draft and develop it. Jones is, like I said, he's going to be a third baseman. I, I don't think anyone really expects him to stick it short, but... It, could there be 30, 35 home run power there? Absolutely. And that's why I'm kind of high on him in terms of ceiling. And again, those, I mean, his projectables so far over a perfect game are just elite. He's the elite of the elite when it comes to some of those power projections. And that gets us through to uh, through player 21 on my list. Top 20 to go. Uh, we have some high school pitchers coming up. I know I've been low on those. Uh, we have... A lot of college guys, though. Not going to lie to you. This list gets super college-heavy. Of these next 13 college players, seven uh, high school players, two high school pitchers, 
we do have what three uh, college pitchers, so also very bat heavy. Fifteen of the next twenty being uh, hitters. And by the way, the first pitcher on my list on this entire list debuts at twelve. My first high school pitcher is at sixteen, and that's a guy who is universally top ten on every board. We've discussed already. You're never going to see a top ten pitcher for me again. That just I don't think the risk is worth it. You're never going to see a top 10 uh, catcher, high school catcher likely ever. You will see a top 10 catcher though on this list and uh, two in the top 11 as a matter of fact. So stay tuned. Uh, I will say this again, you know, for the longest time, everyone hyped Elijah Green. The baseball draft is getting as bad as the NFL draft in terms of like hype. Elijah Green's a very good player. Elijah Green is still top five on my board. He is high, huge ceilings. But after all the hype and all the people, I always enjoy people telling me who's going to be the top pick when I release my way too early mock. Like they already know because they've read the hype train and haven't followed through. But, uh, you know, I'm just caution, you know, be aware, slow down, pay attention. Don't believe the hype. Do some research on your own. Don't believe me. Start to learn on your own, figure out uh, and let me know what you think. Remember, you can hit me up on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft. I'm just looking at it now, and I'm like, you know, I constantly want to fiddle. We'll see if there's any fiddling before uh, we keep working through this list. It's probably going to take us all next week as well at the rate we're going. Let me know what you think. Again, hit me up on Twitter. Are you enjoying this? Uh, Am I doing not enough with the stats, too much with the stats, too general, not general enough? Let me know uh, so I can, you know, give the fans out there, the Lockdown Guardian Listeners, you are all fantastic. Remember to rate and review, download daily to help the show grow. We're staying in the top 100. We're in the 70s. Let's push back into that top 50. I've been Jeff Ellis. Thank you all again. And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.